This was a vision. I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Look, the world is full of these kind of things. Black masses, mutilations, mutilations. The incubus, the succubus. I'm telling you, we got to go down to the religious supply store. We got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My cousin Jerry's a priest. He can get us a deal. Do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cosmic Peach Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. It is Josh Monday from the Josh Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. And I heard him on the White Rabbit podcast, and I was highly impressed with his research and looking into scripture to prove the true earth that is the flat earth. (laughs) Josh, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And thank you for the introduction. You said it perfectly. Uh, Some people feel like it's just the Christian and conspiracy show, or they just, I'm like, it's, I just put my name on it because I'm a Christian rapper, so I had a, like a fan base already. So I, it's Josh Monday, Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. That's perfect the way you presented it. And my YouTube is uh, Josh Monday Music and Podcast, okay? So if you guys want to check me out on YouTube. So I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, I appreciate uh, uh, talking to a, a fellow believer and also talking to somebody that is a, a fellow researcher. And yeah. uh, I know there's some podcasts out there that uh, I do have a guest every show that I do, but I, I research like crazy before I have them on so that we're, we're on the same page. So I really appreciate your research and what you're doing. And I'm going to, I'm going to dig into your show a lot more now since I know that you're, you know, you're on the same page. So it's awesome. I take that as a high compliment because I love <laughs> what you're doing and I, you. I'm not. Uh, so as we're recording this right now, I haven't Least them yet, but I'm working on a series of episodes about the Nephilim. Okay. Who are they? Where are they? Are they still around? What, you know, did they do? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of the myths and ancient cultures who were telling us stories, we've chalked it up to be Mother Goose rhymes or fairy tales, but they could have really just been literal. Yes. They are literal. Yeah. And if you look, what happens is you notice the people that are, it's crazy because like the the people that are alien or they're new age, they don't believe the Bible. They will always pull from Genesis six and say, Hey, well, this happened. There was giants. So you believe that part of the Bible, but you don't believe the whole Bible. So, and, and if somebody does that, that's out there, I'm not knocking you, but it's just, it's just interesting to me how that happens. But there's some really, there's probably some stuff I could share with you that will help you on your journey. Uh, when we will get, I'll tell you about it, you know, off, off the air, since we're not on that subject on this show, but there's some stuff that is, uh, that kind of proves that, that, uh, fallen angels have a seed, right? Yes. Genesis three fifteen. the devil has his seed, like thy seed. Right. And then it's talking about, well, bruise your seed. Right. So, uh, or her seed will bruise thy seed, whatever it is. I have to look up the actual verse, but he actually has a seed. So we'll get into that at some point. If you want me on the show doing the Nephilim, I could do that too, you know? If you ever oh, want to yeah. have a guest on, yeah. And yeah. we can definitely go toe to toe on that for sure. But awesome. 
I want you to enlighten the listeners tonight on something that I have never covered on a solo episode, which would be flat earth, how I would like to refer to it as true earth. Because um, as I said on the White Rabbit podcast, a lot of people use the term I'm married to the ball or I'm married to the flat earth. And I say a lot of people are in arranged marriages with the ball. Mm. They didn't agree to it. They just were, that was what's been forced upon us. Yep. And they didn't know that there was another option. So we didn't. And if you're bit, and if you were like a Christian, uh, you know, or, I mean, even if you're not, it's still, you, you got to understand if the Bible, if it all lines up with the Bible, everything else is lined up with the Bible right now. You know, uh, it's all, it's all God versus Satan and everything we're doing. Uh, we notice that Hollywood is all satanic, right? Everybody will say that's all satanic, but then they, they never know. Like they don't, they don't go reach for God. Like there's a lot of people that are not Christian that are like, everything is satanic. Why is everybody so devilish? But they don't go and, and go to the, the, the real truth, the absolute truth, the Bible. So what I did, I started this show. It's a, it's a, it's Christian and conspiracy. Cause we take a, a conspiracy and show, show the audience how it relates to the Bible, right? So this conspiracy, the flat earth came on my lap and I had Dave Weiss on a show and I was like, okay, uh, let's look into it deep and dig into it. And that's what I did. You know, first we should, uh, understand that faith that comes by hearing the word of God, right? So some people will tell me, why does the flat earth even matter? Uh, this is, this is not a salvation issue and all that stuff. But what we got to understand is if faith comes by hearing the word of God, so Romans 10, 17 says, so when faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God, but I say, have you not heard? Yes, verily, verily, that the sound went unto all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. So if you hear the word of God spoken or while you're reading it, you're hearing it, that's what produces faith. And we're saved by grace through faith. You know, it's not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, right? So as I'm, as I'm, as I'm giving you guys Bible verses and you're choosing not to believe them, you need to understand that there's something, there's something going on there. There's some kind of block wall that's been put between you and the Bible because science versus the Bible, you know, is just like God versus Satan. Believe me, that's how it is. So we have that verse. And also since the devil knows that we're saved by grace through faith, he's going to attack that part the most because he knows that's what you're saved by. So he's going to make sure that he gives you 60% of the Bible cool, but the other 40% you're not going to agree with because it doesn't go along with your cosmology, doesn't go along with your evolution, doesn't go along with your Big Bang Theory. We need Mm -hmm. to understand that from Genesis to Revelation, it's all scripture is inspired by God. It says it in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So he says all scripture, right? So he's not telling you that Genesis is an allegory. He's not telling you that, you know, Proverbs is just a, uh, it's just a poetry and it's not true. He's saying that all scripture from Genesis to Revelation and maybe even the book of Enoch. I'm not sure. I know for sure though, Genesis to Revelation is, is inspired by, by the, by the word of God, right? By God and also is profitable for doctrine and reproof, right? And correction. So you guys got to understand that as we're going through this. And then, uh, also in first Timothy, it talks about, Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. So what, what he's saying there, 
there's going to be science that's going to test your faith. You know, we got to understand that like God, he doesn't, he doesn't tempt us, but he tests us. Now the devil, he tempts us. So the devil right now is obviously like the prince of the air. He's running this world right now. So he's going to be creating stuff like the big bang or like evolution delusions, delusions or, and and, and yes. all of that. but you might repeat repeat that one more time in case somebody was asleep okay that first timothy right 620 it says oh timothy keep that which is committed to thy trust avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called which some professing have erred concerned thy faith grace be with thee right amen so He's just saying there's going to be science that's going to come and it's, and it's obviously going to test your faith. That's what it's all about. It's about finding out if you have that true faith where you will stand with God no matter what. Even if you're, if the president, even if the science, Dr. Fauci, even if the greatest, smartest, most intelligent guy with the biggest IQ tells you that God is fake or that this is fake and the Bible says it's true. You stand on the word of God because that's the only absolute truth that we have as human beings. I, I, just, I can't say it any better Yeah, because I've searched through every single crevice and, and I know that you have as well searched through every single crevice for the truth. And I've tried to find it everywhere, but it was sitting right there on my nightstand, literally just sitting there waiting for me to pick up and start reading. And once I started doing that, I understood that this is the real truth. Okay. Now, um, another thing I like to talk about before I get into this is I'm going to be reading some of the stuff out of Genesis. And what Jesus says, Jesus is talking right here, John 5, 45. He says, do not think that I shall accuse you to the father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So Jesus is saying, if you don't believe Moses, Moses wrote Genesis right? Leviticus, Deuteronomy, he wrote the Torah. So if you don't believe the Torah, how are you going to believe me? That's what Jesus says. Jesus is God. That's what I believe. So he's saying that. So as I'm reading, if you can't even accept Genesis, how are you going to accept when Jesus is talking about all this other deep stuff? So we got to understand that as Christians, and, and even if you're just new to the Bible or whatever, understand that Jesus said that. Another thing I like to say is, before we get into what science says compared to the Bible, it's just funny. I know you probably ran into this too. Like if I, if I ask somebody like, does Joe Biden lie? They'll say, yes. Does Nancy Pelosi lie? Yes. Does the CIA lie? Of course. Yes. Does the FBI lie? Yes. I can ask them, does the police lie? Yes. Does sheriffs lie? Yes. If you ask them, does NASA lie? They will say, absolutely not. Nope. NASA does not lie. <laughs> They're just, they just love that. They got to understand that there's 60 million reasons a day that NASA's going to lie. And there's $60 million of our tax paid money going to NASA per day. So these people are going to lie. They're, they're deep. And the people that have to lie are not the 17,000 employees that are on the computer doing simulations, acting like they're launching and doing all this stuff. They have no idea what's happening, right? So we got to understand all the stuff that we're seeing from space is, is a lot of it. I mean, there's, there's such good CGI now. You can look, you can literally, you can walk to your window and have a green screen on it and I can and I can open up the, the shades and it can look exactly like that movie Gravity where, where, yes. where, where uh, uh, Earth is sitting right outside of my window, right? So that the, you got to understand 50 years ago, they had that. 40 years ago, they had that. They're, they're always oh, yes. like 50 years ahead. So the, the grand deception. And that's why when you watch a movie like Interstellar 
or Alien Covenant or whatever movie you're watching, Uh why does Earth look exactly the same in those movies as they portray it in like NASA images and videos? It's because it's the same technology, people. Yes. That's pretty simple. That's it. Yeah. And and, and they're actually getting really bad with it because I don't even know. They said we like shot some weapon at or we shot something at some asteroid and it looked like a like an Atari video game. It was so bad. I was like, this is terrible. (laughs) So it's just it's getting really bad. But so what I say before I get into it, too, as a Christian, we should filter science through the Bible. Right. We should do that. And then and not filter the Bible through science. So take science, whatever they tell you, especially with theories or like, you know, when they're, when they're, when it's somebody's opinion and then we don't know for 100%, if it's not like testable, repeatable, provable, then that's not science. So we need to filter that stuff through the Bible. That's what I believe as a Christian we should do. And if it doesn't line up, then we, we don't believe it. You know, that just has to, have, <laughs> it has to be the way it goes. Someone will tell me, well, what about DNA? What about that? Well, that's testable, repeatable, provable. So I would say that, you know, DNA, that's what God made. So that's, that's his. So, but yes. there's some science where the, they're, they're just, they're going to tell you stuff like, I'm going to go, go over here. That's just completely insane and ridiculous. Okay. So let's, uh, let's go with what the scientists say first, and then we'll get into what the Bible says. Okay. Any questions about any of the verses I've already gone through so far, or, or, or are you good? You're doing spectacular. Thank you. Continue. Okay. So they say that the earth is at a 23.4 degree axis. Uh, let me ask you, am I going to, or is this on like YouTube or anything that's video recorded or is it all audio? Yes, I will put it on YouTube as well. Oh, one moment. Let me grab the fake so-called earth. Give me one sec. Okay. <laughs> I should have been ready for that. Sorry. All right. So they say the earth is at a 23.4 degree axis spinning in a circle at at a thousand miles per hour. And they say we're rotating around the sun at 66,600 miles an hour. When I talk to people about that number, I'm telling you some people that are just like, they believe in the globe. They believe all the solar system and all that stuff. When I tell them that number, that kind of even shocks them. Like what? 66,000 miles an hour. Like what? Like they don't even believe that. Right. Because it's, it's just insane. What we have to understand is that the fastest bullet it travels 1,800 miles an hour, the fastest bullet recorded in history for us and on Earth, the fastest bullet, 1,800 miles an hour. So we're going roughly 30 times faster than a bullet around the sun. And my wife, she gets motion sickness in the car, right? If, I'm, if she's reading a book, she gets motion sickness. If she's on a cruise ship, she gets motion sickness. You know, they, but we're moving supposedly i guess her motion sickness only kicks in after sixty-six thousand, you know 60 miles an hour i don't know what it is but <laughs> it's like what the how do they not feel it it's it's insane we're traveling twice the speed of sound we're going like you know we're going like 60 times the speed of sound around the sun okay you guys got to understand that and we go outside and we see the same exact stars it's not looking like warp speed like it should. They're just up there, no, just normal, just sitting there, okay? We've had the same stars since the beginning of time. So I got to just point out right here, when the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, we yes. should take that literally. Yes, we should. That's 100% true. The great point. So, and also like an earthquake, you know, if, I, if I'm here in Rialto, uh, Riverside, an earthquake happens, um, it's it's able to detect the instrument that they use all the way up to like one tenth of a millimeter of movement of the earth. 
So do they calibrate this thing where it doesn't detect the motion of spinning and, and going around in circles? Or does, does it calibrate to, to, to not detect that part, but it only detects the movement of an earthquake? No, they don't have to calibrate it because we're fixed and immovable, like the Bible says, right? So <laughs> also, they say that the moon is orbiting the earth at 2,200 miles an hour. That's what they say, okay? 2,288 miles an hour. So it's going faster than a bullet orbiting the Earth, okay? That's what they say. And supposedly some Freemason astronauts took a rocket and they flew to the moon as it was traveling at at 2,288 miles an hour around the Earth. And they flew and they landed on it one try, right? And also, this thing is also rotating around the sun, at 66,600 miles an hour. So these guys have no problem getting whiplash or snapping their necks or breaking the, and then going through heat as well. There's tremendous heat. They said it's like 1800 degrees Celsius close to the moon. They have no problem going through that. They have no problem going over this, this fake uh, Van Allen radiation belt. Nope. They have no problem they, with they that. They totally survived the vacuum of space that would the crush vacuum? everything into go. oblivion. Yeah, there's combust. There's actually tanks because I swear I was in the army before, right? So we had fuel tanks, and I've never seen it happen. But they they crush when you when it happens. They just they just fold like. Look yeah. on YouTube, you can see it. They're but gonna that take. Tank they flew to the <laughs> yeah. moon was perfectly intact. And, and how did they land on the moon if it's going faster than a bullet? How did that happen? I don't so, know. You could ask Stanley Kubrick, but that's another episode. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So we got that. And then also what they say is that the whole solar system is also moving through space at 525,000 miles an hour going where who knows, right? That's so fast. And, and I guess they say that 1.3 million miles an hour, the whole universe is moving as well. And, and we have no idea where that's going. Right. So this is just insane. Um, they also say that The sun is 93 million miles away, okay? We got to understand this, all right? So the sun is 93 million miles away, but if a cloud gets in front of the sun, uh, it changes the temperature by 10 degrees. Some places on on Earth are negative 40. Other places are 60 degrees. Other places are 130 degrees. Up into Kuwait, it was 130. So why does the temperature change so much if it's all just one radiating heat onto the Earth? It's just really interesting how they do that. So we have that. And then also, the uh, here's another thing that I think is insane. So we got 93 million miles away for the sun, right? The closest star is 4.4 light years away. Now, what they do is they tell you light years because if they told you the other way, you would think it's completely insane. One light year is 6 million miles away. So you have no to take- No way. Yes, you have to take 4.4 times it by six so the closest star, it's called Alpha Centauri, is 24 trillion miles away. And that's the closest star. So your little beady eyes can look up and see 24 trillion miles away, the closest star. Some of the other stars are a million light years away. Some of them are like 800, you know, whatever, 800 light years away, you know? So we're they able to believe see. believe that, but they don't believe that Jesus could walk on water. Yeah, exactly. They will believe that our freaking eyeballs can see trillions of miles <laughs> away, but they don't. Bl- Go ahead. Yeah. So that's that's the closest star, guys. You got to understand that. OK, now the closest galaxy is two point five million light years away. 
Okay, so you have to take 2.5 million and times it by 6 trillion, and that'll tell you how far away the, the closest galaxy is. Numbers that are astronomical that your brain would never be able to compute. Numbers that if I put it in a calculator, it's going to say error. If I move it this way, it's still going to say error. You need like the craziest calculator to do these numbers because it's numbers your brain would never, ever, ever be able to compute. And they do this on purpose. Because as I'm going through the Bible, I'm going to show you why they did this, you know, because there's certain things in the Bible that tells you like where God's throne is located. It's going to tell you like, you know, God's throne is above the firmament. Everything else is in the firmament, the moon, sun, and the stars, right? So as I go through, you're going to see. Um, before we get into that, let me just tell you about the, the three scientific trinities. We kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. So we have the Big Bang Theory. That's one of them. So 13.8 billion years ago, they said it was like the size of a pen. All this energy was conducted and then exploded. And then gravity, which is the, their scientist's God, brought everything back together. Now, with, there's been an atom bomb on Earth that went off, actually two of them, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and it causes destruction every time that there's an explosion. I've seen so many explosions happen in the military, not in person, but I've had to watch videos to know that when it happens to me, I need to be careful. And I've never seen any construction happen. Every single, yeah. single time that I've seen a, any explosion, it's all destruction, and that's it. There's not a library that explodes and comes back together and the books all form and all the, the pages form back together. No, it just explodes and that's it. But they want us to believe that this explosion happened and caused the whole entire universe to come together. Okay. It's just, to me, it's crazy. The person that came up with this was George Lamont, a Belgian cosmologist, Catholic priest, uh, Jesuit trained. And as a conspiracy theorist, as soon as you hear the word Jesuit, as soon as you hear the word Freemason, Anything like that, you should have a red flag immediately. Immediately. I better study this person to find out what's up with them. Now, this is another thing they say, okay? So they say 13.8 billion years ago it started. They they start out with the with the stars first. That's what they say. The stars formed first. Then it then they said that the, the moon formed. It was just a rock somewhere out there. And then they said the sun formed. So they could, you know, they build the backdrop and then they build the, you know, they put the moon and then the sun and then they put the earth after that. So it's out of order from what the Bible says as well. So they try to, they try to put it like that. And they also need these, these billions of years so that they could fit this other part of the scientific trinity. Evolution. That's the other part of the scientific trinity. It's going to be the Big Bang evolution and heliocentric model. Okay. So evolution. I don't know if you've ever studied that, but Charles Darwin. Look into him. He was part of the Royal Society. Uh, his grandpa, the one that he took this from, he was actually a 33-degree Freemason, also part of the Royal Society. Look into the Royal Society. It's all a bunch of God killers. There are some Christian uh, theistic evolutionists that are in the Royal Society. Don't get me wrong. Most of them are Rosicrucian, high-level, 33-degree Masons, or people that are uh, God killers. You have um, Stephen Hawkins. All these different people that do not believe in God whatsoever, right? And also dinosaurs also came from the Royal Society. If you guys look into that, the gentleman that came up with dinosaurs, he actually brought up, he said, uh, dinosaur is a word that he made before dinosaurs even came. He wrote a book and then all of a sudden he found the first dinosaur. Okay. So that also came from the Royal Society. Oh um, my God. <laughs> so look into that. Uh, the other thing is going to be the heliocentric globe, okay, or the heliocentric models. 
That is the other uh, part of the scientific trinity. Copernicus, okay? He uh, came out with this. Now, you guys got to understand about him too. They actually named a Freemason Lodge after him. It's Copernicus CHP 246, right? If you guys look in that. I don't know if he's a Freemason. I can't track it back that far to see if he's a Freemason. They did say that he was a Jesuit. I heard that. He was a Catholic priest for sure. So what he did is, is before he died, he was basically on his deathbed. And the Catholic uh, Church was trying to have him put this thing out. They, they wanted to put it out. He didn't want to put it out. So on his deathbed, I guess they put it out. He died in May and they put it out in May. So the reason why he didn't want to put it out, because all these other Christians were against it because they knew the Bible better than we do today. All of us today, we never read the Bible. We expect a pastor to come and read the Bible for us. And then we just accept it instead of going, digging and finding it. But the, but back then when Copernicus came out with this model, there was people that were, that were opposed to it because they knew that the, all the verses about to go over, they knew about these verses back then. And they were saying that this is all a cult from the devil. This having a heliocentric model where the sun is in the middle on its throne is, 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 is heliocentric model helios, right? It's like Apollo. It's like all about worshiping the S U N that is what it's all about. So if you look into any, you know, whether it's Babylon, whether it's Rome, whether any of these people, when they were worshiping, who were they worshiping? They were worshiping the sun. And this is no different. And these gods of old, these men of renown, that's who they were worshiping. And it always was human sacrifice, cannibalism, you name it. That's, and they were sun worshipers and they were all freaking crazy. So, and look at, even, even if you go to Constantine, he he was worshiping Mithras. Mithras is a sun God, right? And, and that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what, where Christmas came from. So it's just, you guys got to understand they've, they've been, they've already been doing this. Nothing new under the sun. Just like you said, well, this is definitely true. So when he came up with this model, um, he even wrote, even if you even look at what he wrote, he, he wrote, he said, in the middle of it all sits the sun enthroned in the most beautiful temple. That's what he says. Okay. So he's trying to put the sun as God. Okay. Enthroned on a beautiful, in a beautiful temple. So you guys got to understand that. So it just, it just gets really interesting, you know, when you, when you kind of dig into all this stuff, I, I don't, I'm going to go over a lot of the Bible verses. So I don't have a lot of time to dig it too much into the, yeah, the heliocentric yeah. model, mm-hmm. but um, we'll kind of get into the Bible now. So when I go over Genesis, when, when Moses wrote Genesis, he was not alive when Genesis was like in the beginning of Genesis, he was not alive. So he's getting a firsthand knowledge from God, right? He, he went on Mount Sinai and, and he got all this, you know, he got the 10 commandments. He got, he got the law. He got Genesis from, from straight from the most high from God. So you guys got to understand that. So when I'm reading Genesis, Moses was not there with the angels clapping when God made the earth. He was not there. So everything I'm going to tell you was coming directly from God. So when I tell you about, you know, about day one, day two, day three, you got to understand that, that Moses got this information from God. And then he gave it to us. So he's not going to be sitting there writing his own you know, flat earth and all this stuff. No, it's whatever God tells him is what he had to write down. And if you were in his position, you would be writing what God says. You wouldn't be writing your own stuff, right? Do you get what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And that's when he was able to look at the hymn of God. And his face was glowing so brightly that they had to put a veil over his face because they couldn't even look at him. I mean, that's, that's wild. 
they say that if you look at them, you actually die. So it was, it was really, yeah, it was really, really wild. So we have, uh, so day one, I'll, I'll go over the days real quick. So day one uh, is in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Okay. It's, it's actually in the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. So Elohim is actually plural. So we got to understand the way I see it, because I'm Christian, is that it's going to be God, the father, the most high. He spoke the word, which is Jesus. So now we now we have Jesus there. And then also we have the Holy Spirit. As you see, it says the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So we got to understand that. So if you look at first Colossians 16, it says everything was made through him, by him and for him. Speaking of Jesus. So God was was with Jesus in the beginning. And that's how everything was created, right? So we got to understand that. Now, so day one, he created the heaven or the heavens and the earth, okay? Day two, he created the firmament, okay? I'm going to get into the firmament. Firmament is, in, in, in Hebrew, is going to be rakia, right? It's going to be solid, beaten out, dome, bowl shape, right? And then if you look it up in, in, in the Greek, it's going to be stereoma, which is going to be solid, uh, beaten out, uh, molten glass. We're talking about something that is solid here. So day two, he created the firmament. And, and on day two, he created, he separated the waters from above from the waters from below. So there's actually water above the firmament. And there's also waters below. So day three, he created the oceans, the dry land, the plants and vegetation. Okay. So now you have the continents formed. You have the, the, the oceans. You have oceans above the firmament. And, um, and also on day one, when he said he created the heavens and the earth, what that is, is earth is in, in Hebrew is land. So when we hear earth, we're thinking, okay, he already formed the earth. That's not true. He created the land. So day one, what I believe when he says, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. What it is, is the deep is a buso. A buso is where like the, the fallen angels are, are, are locked into and are, are, that are, that are chained and also where the antichrist comes out of. So what he did is he made the land. I think he created the foundations and he created the sky on day one. That's why it says the heaven and the earth. That's what I personally believe. Okay. So day two, I said he created the firmament. So now you have the foundations of the earth, right? The foundations. And then you have this, and then you have a firmament above it. There's water below, and there's continents. Oh, it's a circle. Hey, okay. I see what you're talking about. You're talking about like the under part of the flat. Yes. That's yes. What you're, ta- you're talking about like what some would refer to as Tartarus. Oh, yeah. Tartarus is exactly what it is. That's what it says. That's why it says there, it says, It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So the heaven is going to be the sky, right? And then the earth means land. So he created the heaven and the land. So I think on day one, he created the foundations because it says, and the earth was without form and void and the, and darkness was upon the face of the abuso, which is, which is Tartarus. That's what it is. He's creating shield, uh, Abraham's bosom and Tartarus and the foundations on yeah, day one. Okay. That's what I personally believe. Okay. 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 So yeah. Now, now day three, he created the dry land plants, vegetation and the oceans, right? It wasn't until day four that God created the moon, sun and the stars also. So what was this rotating around on day three? There was no <laughs> moon. 
no sun and stars also. What God did, he made everything for us, okay, for humans, right? That's why the angels, a third of them fell with Satan because they were jealous of us. God made everything for us. So the earth is made for us, right? So what God did is he created, he put all this attention onto the earth for us, put a firmament, all this stuff for us. And, and then he made the moon, sun, and the stars. As I go through these verses, you're going to see why it's, it's interesting how he, he created those just for lights, you know, a, a light to rule the day, light to rule the night. The stars are for lights. Uh, the sun and the stars are different. They're not the same. Like it says in science books and science books, it says that the stars are the same as the sun. But God is differentiating these things. He's saying that the sun and the stars are two different things. Scientists will tell you that uh, all these stars are suns, with, or, or they'll say that the, the, the sun that we have is a star, and that mm. there's planets rotating around each star, and there's 200 billion of them out there, so that you have all these different chances of alien life and stuff. Now, what the Bible says is, the reason why I said, what was it rotating around? It, it wasn't. Because the Bible says that the earth is fixed and immovable. Um, there's several verses I'll, sh- I'll, sh- I'll spat out real quick where it says that the, the earth is fixed. It says, First Chronicles 16.30, he has fixed the earth firm and immovable. Psalms 93.1, thou hast fixed the earth immovable and firm. Psalms 96.10, he has fixed the earth firm and immovable. Psalms 104.5, thou hast fixed the earth on its foundation so that it can never be shaken. Isaiah 45.18, who made the earth and fashioned it himself and fixed it fast. So the, the earth is firm and immovable. Okay. It's not moving. That's, that's, that's what my whole point was to that, to the whole beginning part. Right. Oh yeah. It's fixed and immovable. So now, now that you know about the foundations and everything that I was talking about, and you know about like Antarctica being on the outside of this circle, listen to this verse and, and understand how it's explained it's basically explaining everything that we're going to talk about. It says on Proverbs 8, 27 through 29, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle upon the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, firm means hard, solid, right? Firm. It's a firmament. It's talking about the firmament. When the fountains and the springs of the deep became fixed and strong, when he set for the sea its boundaries so that the waters would not transgress. What is he talking about? He's talking about Antarctica on the outside and he set the seas firm. And, and so the waters cannot uh, transgress. He says that he's that the waters cannot transgress and he set the boundaries for the water. He commanded it and he marked out the foundations of the earth. So he set the water boundaries. Why? Because what is it? 1400. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, the elevation of um, 14,000 feet is the elevation. I think of Antarctica, all the <laughs> oceans cannot go over that. So there's boundaries set. If you look at it in, as a circle, there's Antarctica on the outside is what the map is for, for the flat earth, right? So I do believe the waters cannot transgress. Now, um, when you read that verse, it's interesting because when you think about the flood, you have the flat earth and you have a firmament. And when it says God said he opened up the windows to heaven and the waters from above went on the earth and also water came from the fountains of the deep. So if you have uh, Antarctica on the outside, at 14,000 elevation, all he has to do is take the water level and, and put it above. And, and it's like a fishbowl. All you got to do is just fill up that fishbowl, right? It's so a that's snow how you globe is what it is. A snow globe. There you go. So all you have to do is just let the water go above 14,000 feet elevation. And now the whole entire earth is flooded. Now, when you have this model, you tell me how you do that. 
tell me how you're going to flood the whole entire ball while it's floating, spinning around and doing all this stuff. Okay. And if there's a firmament, where's the firmament at on this model? I don't, I don't know. You know, <laughs> um, I, I know that I'll, I'll go through what people do say the firmament was, but I, I don't think it's true. So another thing that the Bible's going to say is that the moon and the sun are moving, not, not the earth. Okay. So if you look up, it's a, it's a popular verse that people go through. Sorry, my, my notes just uh, shot all the way to the top. So Joshua 10, 12 through 13, it says, Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand still, thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajan. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jasher so that the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hath not go down about a whole day? So it's talking about, and when it says to go down, that doesn't mean for it to go down. It means to, to go away from. It says, it says to go away from or to come hence. Uh, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it doesn't mean to go down. It just means to go away from. And that's right. what the sun is doing there. So He's talking about the sun and the moon stopping in two geographical locations. Okay. I always say this on here. Like he's not a liar that Joshua and this Joshua is not either, man. This is straight (laughs) out of the Bible. And he's giving a specific prayer to God saying to have the sun stand still and the moon stand still. And they said he avenged his enemies and it didn't go down or go away from him for a full day. Okay. So that's the sun moving and, and the moon moving in two ge- geographical locations. So he didn't say anything about God, make the earth stand still. And if that did happen, and if you are one of these uh, believers, then you need to understand if the earth stood still and you're not strapped to the earth, everybody on earth would fall off the earth. That's according to your Freemason, Neil Tyson Degrassi. He said if the earth ever stopped rotating, everybody would fall off the earth. He's okay? a deceptor. He For is sure. a modern day deceiver. He is. I totally agree with that. So, so if you are a Christian and you're a believer and you read this verse, you can tell me all day long. Well, they didn't know the. They don't know about the ball. They don't know about the globe. They don't know about that. But God knows exactly how it was. He's the one that created everything. So, He would have told you in the very beginning that He created. 13.8 billion years ago, I created the stars and then I created the moon. Then I created the sun. Then I created the earth. That's exactly how God would have told Moses because it was a blank canvas for everybody. They had no idea. So God would have told Moses about all this different space and galaxies and everything right then. He didn't do that. He told them exactly day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, right? And they talked about, and when you say day one in Hebrew, that's it's one day. It's not a thousand years. It's not billions of years like everybody tries to do. It's not a gap theory like everyone tries to do to try to fit in the dinosaurs. Gap theory. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was on a big podcast where they were where, where I actually was talking to somebody about the gap theory, and it was just it was just like man. And I was you know, to... if you get up early enough in the morning, you can still see the moon while the sun is out. It happens like, all the I mean, time during the day. It happens a lot. Like I'll be driving to work and the sun is in front of me <laughs> and the moon is behind me. And I'm like, how the F does this work on a ball model? <laughs> I know. How does this work? And it's not full. You'll have the moon and the, and, the, and the sun out and then the moon is not full, you know? So it gets, it's interesting. So we have that. And there's also a couple more verses. We have uh, Habakkuk 311. 
the sun and moon stood still in their habitation at the light of thine arrows and thy wind and, and the shining of thy glittering spear. So we have that one. And then also in Isaiah 38, 7, it says, and this is a sign to you from the Lord and the Lord will do his thing, which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow of the sundial, which has gone down or go away from the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backwards. And the sun returned 10 degrees on the dial by which it had gone down. That sound that sounds more to me like like the sky is like a clock, and he yes. said he was moving it ten degrees backwards. Okay, how does that work on a, a globe and a heliocentric model? That does not work at all. It, you would have to say that Isaiah is a liar and that God is a liar for you to try to say that the that the Earth moved backwards ten degrees. I, and I just gotta jump in real quick and say that these people who love the ball and the science and stuff, they love to talk about. Uh, Stonehenge and they love to talk about Gobekli Tepe and all of these places that are big sundials yeah they love that yeah don't love the flat earth though no they don't and they don't love like if you look at I haven't researched it enough to be able to say it but there was something where Polaris lines up with the pyramid or something like that I don't know the the North Star lines up with the pyramid still to this day so there, I, I don't want to like go over it because I, I you know, I'll stick to mm-hmm. this because I haven't researched it enough to just to, to, to spit it out perfectly. You know, I don't want to. You know sure. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So here's another thing I want to read to you guys about the firmament. Okay. This is, this is about the moon, sun, and the stars being in the firmament. And this is also about the sun being a light and, and the moon being a light, not two separate, not, not the sun coming off of the moon and that's what causes the light okay this is what the bible says genesis 1 verses 14 through 19 and god said let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth so they're made to give light upon the earth okay and let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so and god made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Look how he just makes it like the stars also, like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Oh, I right. made the stars too. Stars it's God, is, too. God is so great. So two great lights, okay? Not one great light to to uh, to go off of the moon and then, you know, ricochet off the moon and mm-hmm. then, uh, okay? <laughs> so he says, he made uh, the stars also and God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Something that's interesting, I forgot to say in the beginning was on day one, God said it was good, right? Day two, he didn't say that. Day three, day four, day five, day six, he did say it was good. Day two was when he created the firmament. Now, as I go into all these verses, you're going to see that God's throne is above the firmament. And that firmament is separating him from us. So think about it. There's a solid dome that is separating him from us so that he didn't say it was good that day when he created that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if that's the reason why he didn't say that, but I kind of, I I caught that and I was like, man, that's pretty interesting. Also, he was saying that the moon is a light and the sun is a light. If you look at Ezekiel 32, seven, it says, and when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with the cloud and the moon shall not give her light there's like uh, 10 verses where it talks about the moon not giving off her light right uh so we got to understand god made two great lights the sun and the moon okay two separate lights 
And if you go and you try to, uh, I guess if you test the shade of the, of the moon, it's going to be, um, it's going to be warmer than the light from the moon. So if you go to the moon and you test it, it's going to be colder light. And when you go to the shade, it's going to be opposite from the sun. The sun is going to be cooler in the shade and it's going to be hotter in the sun. It's going to be cooler in yeah, the shade. Warmer in the shade and, and colder in the moonlight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there you also, go. You know, like women sync up with the moon, the other full moons and stuff. It's very beautiful what he did for us. Yes. And he, and he caught, and it's interesting. I don't know if it's the interpretation or what it is, but it's interesting that it says like her, her light. light. Yeah. So I don't know why, you know, it could be the interpretation, but I just thought that was something I picked up on. And also yeah. on one of the verses that says the sun is a, his light. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Wow. I know that's so, crazy, huh? It's, it's interesting. So, um, all right. So let's go over the firmament. This is like the, the thing that, um, everybody, in the flat earth community, not everybody, sorry. A lot of the Christians is something that we focus on. And um, some of the other people in flat earth, they, they have theories of there being, you know, land outside of Antarctica and all that stuff. And I don't, you know, like Sean Hibbler, he's been on my show before and there's a couple other people and that's, that's the all greater good. realms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can do all that if you like uh, what I what I do. And I and there's no part of the Bible that says that the firmament connects exactly to Antarctica. So I don't know, you know, maybe the firmament is a lot bigger and there's all these who knows. But from what I can read, uh, I'm not sure if, if there is other lands or other whatever. I, I don't know. I have no clue. We would really be just guessing at that point because we have no clue or no no proof of it. Besides like some, a few books that they've, they've read, you know, where these yeah. people said they went over to these and there was like advanced technology. I keep it simple. I believe there's a firmament and I believe God's throne is above the firmament. And I believe that, that, that underneath that is, is the earth and inside of the firmament is the moon, sun, and the stars. Okay. Yes. Everything that the Bible says. So now, as far as the firmament, uh, it gets interesting because what they say about this model is that the firmament was like ice, right? That was it was an ice canopy around this model, and it, it was Ken Hovind that came out with this theory. And this gentleman is really good at, at at debating people about biology, right? He likes to debate people about evolution. He's he, he he believes the Bible. He's a literalist upon most of the Bible, besides what I'm talking about here. He believes in this model. He's stuck on that, but he he goes against everybody about evolution, he, and he does an amazing job at that. But he says that there was ice around the globe and that um, that it melted and that's what caused the flood and all that stuff. And he said that the ice was protecting the people from the sun rays and that's why they were getting they were living for longer. But what he forgot to read is that that God put the moon, sun and the stars in the firmament. So that ice would have to be <laughs> outside of the entire galaxy. And if that yep. melted, it wouldn't have done anything. Right. Uh -huh. So. We got to think about that. So Ken Hovind, there would have to be two firmaments. But what I heard from the Bible is it said God created the firmament, not the firmaments with an S. There was not two. So that's just one of his theories he came up with. But it's kind of it's kind of funny because if you go and you talk to someone about biology and you're and you're a Christian and you're talking to it, then then there, people are okay with it. Okay, you don't believe in evolution, no problem. If I go up and talk about psychology and tell them, hey, uh, demons. Are, are, are the ones depressing you and oppressing you. That's why you're depressed. People are okay with that. Um, but as soon as I talk about cosmology and I tell them that the Bible says that it's flat, they want to punch you in the face or they want to fight with you like crazy. So there's like a, a demon behind this graven image 
I'm telling you guys, there's a demon behind this because every time you bring it up to somebody, they want to fight you like fist to fist or or just yeah. argue with you all day long. Even if I'm Christian and I'm going verse by verse by verse, they still want to fight it. So you guys got to understand. And Ken Hovind is like that too. He he hates the flat earth. He, he can't stand it. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to understand there's there's something behind this thing, which at the very end, I'll show you how all of this connects to, to the mark of the beast. The whole entire thing connects to the mark of the beast. This thing, not not the flat earth, but this thing. So right. we'll go over that. So um, now what's also interesting is that uh, in Genesis, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters, which I talked about earlier. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And he said, God called the firmament heaven. So sometimes in the Bible, when God says heaven, he's talking about the firmament. Sometimes when he's talking about heaven, he's talking about the sky uh, where the birds fly, right? Sometimes he's talking about uh, heaven where he's talking about where his throne is located. So when you're reading the Bible, sometimes you just have to find out what context he's talking about. An example that I could give you is when God says that um, in Revelation, he's talking about opening up, open up the heavens like a scroll. And then Jesus comes in, right? And and every eye will see. So when he's talking about opening up the heavens like a scroll, if you think about the firmament and God opens up the, the firmament and then Jesus comes in. Because right now there's there's a there's a firmament and then and then there's there's it says that there's water above the firmament and then there's a crystal glass, which it talks about in Revelation, and that's where God's throne sits. That's why we call him the most high, because he's actually in the most high part of creation he's at the highest point so just just i'll show you guys the verse in a little bit where it talks about that uh also in revelation if you look it up it says that god's going to create a new heaven and a new earth at the very end of revelation it's revelation 21 it says god creates a new heaven and a new earth if this was the model of and this was true then God could, would just have to create a new earth. He would never have to create a new heaven. Why would you have to create a new heaven if it's trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles away? Right. It's not. There's, there's a, the earth, there's a firmament, and it's connected to heaven. There's waters, and then God's throne is above that. So why does he have to create a new heaven and a new earth? Because it's connected, okay? That's why he has to create a new heaven and a new earth. If not, Think about this. He said he put the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament, right? I read that to you guys. So if God's throne is above the firmament and his firmament is on the outside of the entire galaxies that we're, that they keep talking about, then what happens is it's an ever-expanding universe. So God's throne is just getting further and further and further and further away, right? Mm-hmm. Would God ever make that happen? No. What it is is science is doing that right now. They're just they're just making God go further and further yeah. and further and further away, and they're literally doing that to you. So, but they're bringing the aliens in. Oh yeah, yeah, the aliens are doing. That's the that's the seed. They're the ones. They're the intelligent designers. They're the ones that came in. They they, they will accept it's, that, but yeah, not accept it's God. The aliens, Josh. So, it's the aliens. So so why do we think that the Tower of Babel? Right? Why was that something that? Why would God even care if uh, they built a, a a tower to to the sky? If that's all it is, the reason why is because they were building a tower up to heaven, and it was Nimrod. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to attack God, and he wanted to kill him because Nimrod's ancestors were the Nephilim. So 
what happens is you killed all my ancestors. Well, I want to go up there and kill you. So they built this tower and they were trying to go and kill God. So God, obviously he made everybody babble, switched the languages, changed it. So you guys got to understand that the reason why it mattered so much is because they were literally trying to build a tower to heaven to try to get God, but they would have never been able to get through the firmament anyways, but God had to come and check them. Right. And, and tell them. So it's interesting. Any questions about anything so far? You're rocking and rolling. I'm loving it. Okay. So we have Job 37, 18. Okay. This is, he says that hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong as a molten looking glass. So the firmament is strong as molten looking glass and, and the sky is strong. Now the atmosphere, all this other stuff they try to say, gases, vapors, whatever they try to say is up there. That's not strong. That's not fixed. That's not, that's not immovable. It's not molten glass. So God is saying it right here in Job. And if you look at Job, there's a lot of interesting verses about creation in there. And what he does is he checks Job. Where were you when I created the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I did this? Where were you? So Job is like, uh, I wasn't there. But all these scientists, God could say that to them. Where were you, Neil Tyson Degrassi? Where were you, Charles Darwin, when I created the earth, the foundation there? You weren't even, you only lived on the earth for 60 years. You're not eternal. So how would you know what happened in the very beginning of earth or very beginning of time? He told us what he did in the very beginning in Genesis, and that's what we should believe. Here's another interesting thing. Satan, it talks about Satan here in Isaiah 14, 13 through 15. It says, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the Mount of Congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. That's what Satan says. And uh, and what, what God said is, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol in the lowest depths of the pit. So Satan is talking about being above the stars. That's where, where God's throne is. It's above the stars. That's what it is. It's a, even Satan was talking about it right here. And it says in the farthest sides of the north. Now that would be in the center of the firmament because there's a big dome. And in the very center is God's throne. He's at the highest part of creation. So it's literally saying that in Isaiah. Okay. And it's also saying that God's throne is above the stars. So if God's throne is above the stars and you put him outside of the, the universes, how far away is God's throne? You know, it's, it's insane. It's inconceivable is what it is. It is. On purpose, they want you to feel so disconnected from God that if if you knew how close it was, it would be empowering. Yes. Why would they want that? Yeah, they don't want that. They want to take away all your spirituality. Now, people are now, see, we're, we're, we're born with this, with this wanting the spirituality, right? But there's people that are chasing the wrong spirituality right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're chasing doctrines of demons and doctrines of devils. And, and that's what's happening. And they're getting, it's like honey to their ear. They hear all these doctrines of, of mediums and all these different people. And they're following demons because, because, because Satan can come like an angel of light. Right. So that's the things I'm, I'm noticing in, in the industry that we're in. It's, it's sad. And we well, got to pray for all It them. looks good to them like fruit on a tree. Yes. It's like honey to their ears. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. but these demons and the devil are, they're, they're very, very witty and very strong, you know? So, um, 
Here's another thing that's interesting. Okay, so Amos 9.6. This is the NASB version, uh, which I don't read that usually, but they, they interpret this pretty interesting. It says, the one, talking about God, who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and has founded his vaulted dome over the earth. He who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. So it talks about it in NASB 2020 version that his vaulted dome over the earth and he builds his upper chambers in the heavens. So he's ta- they're talking about he walks over you know in these chambers and he has a vaulted dome over the earth. That's what it's saying right there. It's mm-hmm. and if you look at the King James it says instead of vaulted dome it says troops, but troops are like solid, they're lined up. So the way they they got this thing pretty interesting the way that they uh, interpreted that part. And there's also vaulted dome in if you look into the Catholic Bible, which I'm not Catholic, I'm Christian, but the original Catholic Bible in the very beginning, instead of saying firmament, it says dome. Instead of oh. firmament, it says dome. So I look into look look it up. It, it's really interesting. And um, here's another thing that I thought was interesting. It's it's Psalms, uh, Psalms one one forty eight. Okay, so this is David speaking, right? And and this is after the flood. So when that that gentleman tried to say that there's a firmament that melted and the canopy melted and caused the flood. Now, this is after the flood. It says that um, David speaking, he says, praise ye Lord, praise ye the Lord uh, from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise ye him, all his angels, praise ye him the sun and moon, praise him all the stars of light, praise him ye heavens of heavens, and praise ye waters that be above the heavens. So he's still talking about the waters being above the heavens even after the flood. And David was super close with God, like super close. So He's already, he's saying that the waters are still there above the heavens, right? So now we know that after the flood, the waters are still there, right? So they still have the vaulted dome up there. We have Ezekiel 10.1, which is another one I think is interesting. It says, then I looked and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims, there appeared over them as a sapphire stone, as the appearance of likeness of a throne. So he's talking about, because Ezekiel got brought up to the firmament, right? Uh, it, it talks about him being a, within a wheel, within a wheel. That's the whole UFO that everybody tends to talk about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It talks about him being brought up. It's talking about the cherubims. It says that, the, that behold, in the firmament was above the head of the cherubims appeared uh, like the sapphire stone. Now, sapphire could come in any color but red. So we don't know if it's green like the aurora lights. We don't know what color they're talking about, but a lot, a lot of the times when they talk about God's throne, they're talking about sapphire stone. I don't know which color it's going to be. It could be the green aurora lights. Who knows? Like in the north, could be that. But it talks about the likeness of a throne. So he's looking up through the firmament and he's seeing God's throne. So I think that's super interesting. Another time that they talk about sapphire stone is uh, is Exodus twenty four nine through eleven. It says, and they saw God of Israel and there was under his feet as it was a paved work of sapphire stone. So when, when God came down and spoke to Moses and Aaron, he had sapphire stone below him. I don't know which color the sapphire is, but I thought that's pretty interesting. It is. Uh, so there's another one that I thought was cool is Ezekiel 126. And this is where it sees the appearance of a man above it, right? He says, uh, and above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. Upon the likeness of the throne was the appearance of a man above upon it. 
So Ezekiel is actually seeing the throne and it's, he's saying he's, he's seeing the appearance of a man. Who knows? You know, I don't, I know God is a spirit. I know that God is invisible God. So the, the man that they, that Ezekiel saw, the only one that I could think of would be Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. yeah. Sitting on the throne. So he's, it's, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's talking about the firmament. He's not talking about the vapor, the sky, that no. he's talking about the firmament. Above that is God's throne. And we need to take that literal, you know? Literal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, this is another thing I thought was interesting. This is this is this shows how close that heaven is to the earth. It says, uh, this is Ezekiel again. He said, He stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court, where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. So he's talking about the north, which would be in the center of the firmament. He says that he got taken to the door of the north gate of the inner court. Now, if you look up like in, in first Kings, I think it is. Our second Kings, where it's talking about the divine council. I don't know if you've ever read that. There's a divine council that God is meeting with these spirits and these angels. And one of them asks him to be, because he, he wants them to be a lying spirit to the prophets, to, to the king. And one of these evil spirits says, I will basically, I'll be your huckleberry. I'll go down there. I'll be the lying spirit. So they're in a court, divine council talking to God. So you got to understand something. Now, God, he could be outside space and time and in space and time, right? He could see everything like a scroll. But these angels and these demons, they cannot be outside of space and time. So there's a there's a place like an inner court above the firmament that where these angels and these demons or whatever, they meet. So that that has to be inside space and time. So because- people, Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. okay. So what I'm saying is, Above the firmament, there's a court of heaven, and and that's where these angels. Uh, there's actually Job one six uh, is also where God meets the devil and his and the angels, right? And he's talking yeah. to them and he's asking, "Can I go down? And can I, um, you know, can I tempt Job?" Right? So he's meeting with God in the court of, of heaven, and that's what it's talking about right here. It says that Ezekiel was able to go into the court of heaven, the inner court. So I just think, you know, it, it gets really interesting, you know. Yeah. So. Just look into this. And they would have to be like physical. Yes. So when you're talking about the space and dimensions and stuff like that, it was, it would actually be more of a physical. That's what I believe. Cause there's no Hebrew word for dimension at all. So I'm not saying that, 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 that demons are not, I don't know what it would be called another dimension, but I know there's no Hebrew word for dimension at all. So when you try to tell me that hell is in another dimension and I read the Bible and it says that hell is in the earth, then I believe that hell is in the earth. And when it talks about the abyss is, is at the furthest, deepest part of the abyss is in the earth. I believe it's in the earth. So I'm starting to lean more towards that, that there's probably the Tartarus idea where there's cities underground. Well, what I believe is that that in the foundations of the earth, which I wish I wish I could bring yeah, it up that's on what a computer. I'm talking about. That's yeah, there's gonna, gonna be. be there's gonna be where the fallen angels are, and then there's gonna be shield, right. which yeah. and there's gonna be Abraham's bosom. If you guys look up uh, Luke, Jesus is talking about Abraham's bosom on one side, and there's a valley in between it, and on the other side is shield. 
where these people over here are being tortured. They, they can't, uh, they're asking for water. They have all five senses. Uh, it's, it's a story of Lazarus. If you, if you look into it and right. Lazarus is the guy, that's the, the bum that, that was on the street was poor had all the sores on him. He was in Abraham's bosom with Abraham. And then, uh, the rich man was on the, was in shield. And Jesus is talking about this. This is all in the earth. Okay. Cause Jesus and Ephesians four, eight, it says that he, uh, descended into the earth and they ascended to heaven, right? So you guys got to understand that. Read all this stuff. It doesn't make sense on this, right? It does not make sense. <laughs> There's molten lava in the middle of this and you have to take tests from science to tell you how what the degrees are three quarters of a way down. And, and how the hell do they know that anyways? We've only we've been only, eight miles down. Yes, <laughs> so, we've only so what, been eight miles down. You have to test on that. and and Or you have to test on what the degrees are in Venus. We don't know <laughs> that. You're tripping. So, so all right, here's another one that I thought was cool. This is uh, Psalms 150 verses one through two. It says, uh, this is from my friend Kelly. If you're listening, I appreciate you. If you do end up listening. Uh, it says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him in his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness. So he's talking about praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power. So his sanctuary is above the firmament. Okay. Mm. Think about it. And, and it's, it just, it's, it's, and this is the crystal part that I was going to tell you about revelation four, uh, six. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about with the throne, there was four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So it does say that, uh, and before the throne, there was a sea of glass like under crystal. And that's John talking. And he got brought up to the third heaven where, where God is, you know? Mm-hmm. So think about that. So we got Luke 128. This is a part where uh, in Luke 128, because I was talking about God being the most high, uh, this is an angel coming down and speaking to Mary. And what he says here, instead of saying the most high, he says the highest when he's referring to God, the highest. That's what he is. He's the highest. He's at right. the highest part of creation. Nobody higher. That's why that Satan said, I want to be like the most high. He wants to be, he's literally the most high. So there's no way to do that on this ball heliocentric, uh, you know, universe after universe to, to, to make this happen. But on the model that we're talking about in the Bible, it's there. Okay. So it says that he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. Speaking of Jesus, right? Of the highest. In other translations, you're going to see the most high. I just thought this is interesting. The King James that they said, son of the highest, you know, mm-hmm. not like the highest uh, ranking, but just the highest. Literally, he's the right. highest, right? So, okay. So now I'll tell you about them trying to break through the firmament. Have you heard of Operation Fishbowl before? No, I heard of the high Dominic. jump. Oh, Operation High Jump. Yeah, yeah. High Jump is good. This High Jump is a, is a, is a, is, is more for the, uh, from when they went to Antarctica, Operation Fishbowl, the original name for it is Dominique Chama, is Operation Dominique Chama. That's like the larger test program. But then Operation Fishbowl was, uh, it was a series of high altitude nuclear tests. Now, the big operation is called Dominique Chama. So if you look at what it means in Latin, Dominique means belonging to the Lord, and Chama means fixed shell. So 
Operation Fishbowl is where they were taking high altitude missiles and exploding them into the firmament. Okay. That's what they were doing. Because if you see, it was from atmosphere to atmosphere, these explosions, you can look them up. And also there's like a mushroom shape. You can see these things going up and hitting something and exploding. So what they would have to do is if you have this land and you have a firmament, they wanted to take Thor missiles and try to blow up the fixed shell belonging to the Lord. Okay. That's what they were doing. They were trying to explode the firmament. Also, if you have a firmament, they need to, if they're going to shoot a nuclear missile from Russia over to United States, they want to make sure that when they shoot that missile, they don't hit the firmament because that would be a waste of a missile, a waste right. of a launch. So they need to see how high the firmament is. And when they did this test site, that's what they were doing. They were shooting missiles up into the atmosphere as high as they could, and it was exploding. And uh, they were trying to just basically take a Thor missile, which is obviously Thor is another god. And they were taking like <laughs> Thor's hammer and trying to break the firmament. Look into it, guys. There was also Operation Fishbowl. What does the fishbowl look like? It's a big piece of glass with land like this with a hole on top, right? That's what it is. So the Operation Fishbowl is what they were trying to do. They were trying to blow a hole in the firmament with these nuclear missiles, but it didn't happen. So think about that. It's so interesting. And um, there's also o- Operation Teapot is another one that they had. So a tea kettle, you take the top off, right? It's glass with a dome, and on the top is going to be a hole. So think about it, all right? And um, I thought another thing that was super interesting is Warner Von Braun, right? He's um, He came over with... A sick freak. Uh, yes, Operation Paperclip. He yes. came over with all of his scientists. And, and uh, you know, if you look at... Um, if you look at Germany, look into the secret societies, you have like the Brotherhood of Saturnalia. So that's yeah. one of their big ones, right? So Warner von Braun, what did he do? He created the Saturn V, right? So they were obviously worshiping Saturn. Uh, they have the Apollo, all that stuff. So Warner von Braun, uh, think about this. This is what Warner von Braun put on his tombstone. Um, they, they, they actually said that he was, um, they said he got saved at 66 years old. What an interesting number. I don't know. Maybe he got saved and he left this on his tombstone. Who knows? But he, he left this. Okay. This is Psalms 19.1. It says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So that part is interesting. I think, I think it's amazing. All the flat verses that I know go over that. But if you dig a little deeper into the verse, go, go to Psalms 19.1 through 6. And you're going to read some stuff that's going to be like, wow, maybe he was just giving us a breadcrumb to go and study this verse and the rest of these verses to find out what's what's going on. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter the speech, and the night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And rejoice the strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. So it's talking about the sun going in a circle. Now, when you do a race, what do you do? You start at one point and you end at the other point. So what the sun does, it says it goes in a circuit, which is a circle around the earth. Not a perfect circle, but, you know, it goes in a circuit around the earth. Think about this. It also says that. It's going forth from the end of heaven. So there's an end to heaven. The end, it's the, the heaven that he's talking about is the one inside the firmament. So there's an end to it. 
It's also talking about um, to the ends of the earth. There's ends of the earth on this model. On this one, there's no ends of the earth. There's, what's the end of the earth on this? Right. So he's talking about the, the, the sun goes to the ends of heaven. He's not talking about the, the heaven above the firmament. He's talking about the, the heaven in the firmament. Because I said there's three different heavens, right? So it's really interesting. What, 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 and what the sun is the one moving. Yes. The sun is moving. It says it right there. So he could have maybe gave us a breadcrumb if we wanted to study further into it. And he also talks about the firmament show with his handiwork. The firmament is the firmament. It's what mm-hmm. they try to explode. And and when all this, uh, okay, when this high altitude missile test happened, it was in 1962, Operation Fishbowl. That's when all this stuff was happening. Um, Operation Paperclip was like 1945, right? And then uh, they brought over uh, Warner Von Braun. And then they got him with, uh, you know, Stanley Kubrick and with uh, with Disney. Yeah. So they yeah. all started coming with this propaganda for everybody to start believing that you can land on the moon. There's aliens, uh, even Universal. This is what they had in 1920. They had this thing rotating already. They already had this thing before they even landed on the moon or did any of this stuff that they said Look they at did. Disney. With the, yeah. the thing going over the castle, it's showing yes. the firmament. Yes. And so, and I mentioned this in one of my other episodes, but Paramount Pictures. Yeah, the twenty-two stars, right? When it comes, no. Like that. Oh, okay. Paramount okay. Pictures is Mount Hermon. There we go, where Mount Hermon. The fallen angels descended down on. Mm-hmm. So it's always telling you, without telling you, you have to look at the lie. Before yeah. you watch the Black Magic movie, that yes. it's very you know deception everywhere. Everywhere, like I said, it's God versus Satan in everything we do. There's a chess match that started like in Genesis three fifteen when Eve ate that all that stuff. A move and, and a counter move. Yeah, yeah. there's the chess match, a heavenly chess match, cosmic chess match, whatever you want to call it, happening. And when we we don't, they're playing five D chess while we're over here still playing checkers. And most of us have no idea that there's even a chess game even started. We, mm-hmm. we, we have no clue because we never read the Bible. So it's just, it's interesting. So we have that uh, about the firmament. Uh, so let's, okay. I talked about the three heavens where the bird fly, where the moon, sun, and the stars are, and then God's thrown above the firmament. Um, there's also three heavens. Now the third heaven is where God's throne is located. So we have Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 2 through 14, he talks about going to the third heaven. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven, and I, and I knew such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Hath he has caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. So he's talking about getting caught up to the third heaven. And the only thing he talks about is those unlawful words, unspeakable words. He's not talking about getting caught up to the third heaven, going past 10 galaxies, going past the sun, the moon, Venus, all that. And 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 men are infatuated with space. So if he would have went through that, he would have wrote probably 10 more books on that part, you know, and said, this is what I had to go through to get to heaven. I can't tell you what they said in heaven, but I could definitely tell you what it, what it looks like getting there. no. He just, he said, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell. If you had to go through this and a bunch of different galaxies, you would know you're out of the body no matter what. But instead, this affirmament, he would, he ended up going up to the third heaven. It wasn't that far away. No craziness he had to go through. 
maybe he had to dodge the sun because it's moving in the and the and the moon, but that's about it. Not all these Venus and all these different craziness, you know what I mean? So interesting. Um, and also what's interesting, he says I caught up to the third heaven. So that right. means that heaven is up. When you're a kid, what do you think? Heaven is up and hell is down. Mm-hmm. That's what you naturally think, right? That's what I always thought. So yeah, same. Which way is up on this thing? If it's always moving, rotating, we have no idea what <laughs> up and down is. But if you have a flat earth like this and you have a firmament and God's stone is above that and it's immovable and fixed, you know what the way up is this way, right? Only. That's it. <laughs> and and yeah. down is in the earth. That's where hell is located. So if you have something flat like this, you, since you can see on YouTube, that's flat. And you know that up is one way, <laughs> right? There's only one way. Up is this way. <laughs> That's it. Right. That's it. There's not like a. And then when um, if you got caught up to the third heaven and you were rotating like this, you would have to wait till the perfect moment happens. God would be like, "All right, time to go. It's go time. Go get him up." And he's gonna fly up, <laughs> and then right to go up. If not, he's gonna go down. <laughs> so... He'll survive the vacuum of space. He'll survive. <laughs> he can breathe outside of our atmosphere. All that's taken care of. It's all good. Yeah. So we gotta understand up when it says I caught, got caught up to the third heaven. Which way is up on this? We have no idea. And that's what Satan wants you to do. He doesn't want you to know up from down, left from right, moving, immovable, fixed. He doesn't want you to know any of that stuff. So um, here's another interesting thing. This shows me that God is close. So Matthew 3, 16 through 17, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So where'd you hear it? From heaven. The voice came from the firmament, right? Because heaven and the firmament. And what is it? God was speaking right there. Okay. It's not, he wasn't trillions upon trillions upon trillions of miles away. He was right there, right? It says that that they heard his voice right there. And uh, I thought that was interesting. And uh, there was another verse where it says, this is my son where I'm well pleased in second Peter one through 17. They heard a voice from heaven, right? From above the firmament. It's not, it's not that hard. It's not, it's not billions of trillions of trillions of miles away. Um, and then there's a few verses that people say proves that, that it's a globe. Uh, it's Isaiah 40 verses 21 through 22. They always use this verse, but you got to understand that in Hebrew, there was no word for sphere. First of all, there's only a word for ball and for circle. So listen to what Isaiah says here. He says, it's Isaiah 40, uh, 21 through 22. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he, speaking of God, who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. So he's talking about the earth being a circle, if you put it like this, and there's a firmament and God's throne is above the firmament and he looks down on us like grasshoppers. There's no problem with that. The flat earth is a circle, but it's not like a this. It's yeah, like it's this. Yeah. So, and he's sitting above the throne watching us like grasshoppers. No problem with it in, in our, in our, uh, in our model. Um, Mm -hmm. And it says, he stretches out the heavens like a curtain and it spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Now, back then, 
the tents were like a dome. They weren't like the tents that we have in the army, okay? They were a dome shaped. So he spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Now, now, does, does Isaiah know the difference between a ball and a circle? Well, if you go to Isaiah 22, 18, he says, he will surely, he will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country. And, and there's, uh, shall you die and there's the chariots of thy glory shall be the shame of thy Lord's house. So Isaiah knows the difference between a ball and a circle. He chose to use a circle like this, not a ball. Okay. So I think that gets pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And he's watching us like grasshoppers too. So if God was, if they, if you knew God was close and he was looking down on us, always watching us like grasshoppers, then most people, when their boss walks in, you know, you start typing right away or you start looking like you're doing something right. So I, I think a lot less people would be sinning as much and uh, they would know that God is real. So it would change everything, the, the whole dynamics, you know? So do you have any questions about anything I've gone over so far? I think one of the more interesting things that you had mentioned was when Jesus comes in on the cloud, every eye will see. And if it was a ball, a sphere, then how could every eye see and every knee will bow? Yeah. Every knee will bow on earth, in heaven and in the earth. It -hmm. says that. Okay underneath the earth it says so there's knees underneath the earth where well they're in sheol right now right so that's what that's what that's gonna bow to every knee is gonna bow satan's knees every knee in the earth on the earth and uh, in the heavens so and yes. every and, eye will see him so yes. if they're in china uh on the ball model how would that be Yes, uh, it's only going to be a fourth of the earth seeing him if he comes like this, you know, if, yes. if it's if it's like this. But when it's like this and, and God opens up the heavens like a scroll and, and Jesus comes in, every eye shall see. That's a literal statement. We'll go over that verse. Uh, it's going to be Revelation 6 verses 13 through 15. And this, and this is also interesting. It says, and the stars shall fall from heaven onto the earth. In their model, you know, in their model, that's impossible, you know, impossible because those things are supposed to be bigger than the sun, all the stars from heaven. But in our model, where they're all lights in the firmament, it says, Revelation 6, 13, it says, and the stars of heaven fell onto the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs when she is shaken upon a mighty wind and the heaven departed as a scroll, the firmament departed like a scroll okay and every mountain and island were moved out of the places and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and mighty men and every bondman every free man hid themselves in the dens of the mountain and said the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of god so in in revelations 1 7 through 8 it says behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. So he's going to be on a cloud trying to land on the earth that's going 66,600 miles an hour, and he's going to try to catch it just perfect. Every <laughs> eye is supposed to see him. I mean, it just does not make sense with this. With this. But mm-hmm. when you put it like this, and there's a firmament, and God peels this, the firmament like a scroll, and Jesus comes in on a cloud, it sounds perfect. Every eye will be able Makes to see sense. 
Yes. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense on the other model. No. For sure. So, so we went over the moon is a light, the sun is a light. Uh, also, when I talked about the stars falling to heaven, understand this. When Jesus was on the earth, he cannot lie. Because if he lied, he would have sinned. We believe that he lived a sinless life and he did not lie. In Mark 13, 24 through 25, Jesus is speaking. He says, but in those days, he's talking about the tribulation. After that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. So Jesus is talking about the stars falling to the earth. In Revelation, he's talking about the stars falling to the earth. Isaiah, a prophet of God, a man that walks with God, talks about the stars falling to the earth in the end times and tribulation. So you are all worried about what's the mark of the beast? Six, six, six. Oh, who's the antichrist? Who's the, you better be worried about the stars falling from heaven. If this is the way it looks. Okay. If this is the way it looks, those, those stars are going to hit the earth and it's going to, it's going to be demolished and done. But when you look at the model that we're talking about, that their lights in the firmament is talking about the stars are going to fall. It's, it's not a bunch of suns with, with planets rotating around them. Like they try to tell us mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. You know, it does not make sense. Jesus in Revelation also, he says that the stars are going to fall from heaven. Um, so we got to understand that. And also watch, this is, this is interesting too. Jesus says, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth as a fig tree drops them in late figs when the shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island has moved out of its place. So it's talking about the sky receding as a scroll. Like the firmament is going to open up like a scroll. So, yeah, I imagine like opening like a can and you're like rolling the lid back. Yeah. And that's like a scroll. Like what is he opening? Like a scroll, you know, in, in the, in this model, in this model, the the ball model, it just, I mean, and that's, it's, it's like you said, it just, we've become so discombobulated into believing that the most difficult thing to explain is the truth and the one where there's simple, logical explanations is so simple that it's a myth, a fairy tale couldn't possibly be true. Why is that? I don't know. I think that it's, it's, I think what happens is uh, the devil has put such a block wall between between us and God, uh, science, and as soon as you you know, as soon as the Rockefellers like just took over the educational system and just started pushing all this Illuminati and agendas onto the people, what happens is when you you're you're taught to learn from teachers and they're, they're always right, or someone in a lab coat's always right, your pastor's always right, but there's forty five thousand different denominations of of, of Christians. There's uh Catholic, then there's Jehovah's Witness, then there's there's so much like the devil will give you like 85% truth, 15% lie, and he has no problem with it because there's that 15% lie. So mm-hmm. I see even in my own church, Calvary Chapel, I see them with the Christmas tree up there and I know what's up with Christmas. So I'm like, right, I see that there's still a lie there. But you know what? But I when my pastor teaches me though, I don't just take what he says and believe it, and then that's all the Bible study I did for the week is just listening to this man speak to me because it says, let God be true and every man a liar in the Bible as well. So if let God be true, his word is the Bible, right? You need to read it yourself. Every man is a liar. So 
when there's men telling you about how the earth was created, how there's billions and billions of this, there's the molten lava in the center of the earth, and then there's the evolution, and then there's Big Bang, and all these different things that's putting you uh, a block wall between you and the Bible, you need to understand, let God be true, and every man a liar. Then that's literally take it that way. And when your pastor is talking to you, understand that he has a board of representatives telling him what he can teach and not teach. Stay mm-hmm. away from the giants. Stay, stay away from the Nephilim. Stay away from the flat earth. Stay away from this. Stay in this lane so that all the people stay in the seats. Don't. Sometimes they can't be telling you uh, stuff that sounds uh, Book of Enochish. Yeah, Book of Enochish, I would say, because there's fallen. But what happens if you, if you don't understand that there's fallen angels and there's demons and there's the devil, uh, spiritual battle against you every single day. And then all you teach is grace, 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 grace. Jesus is happy. He's good. He's he's not tell, talking about judgment, not talking about hell, not talking about the spiritual battle. You're never going right. to be able to fight because you don't even know who you're fighting with or how to fight it. Because you're asleep because they're boring you to tears, first off. Yeah. And that's why people will say, I can't go to church. Like it's so boring. And I'm like, that's the man-made part. Yeah. The Bible is actually a very supernatural text and it's a, a how to it's be a warrior. It is fascinating. Know? Yeah. And I'm a, I was a, a prior military. So now I'm a soldier for God. So now I'm like taking this thing serious. And I, and I believe that Every single step that you make is is all like there's a fork in the road and there's a demon telling you take this step and there's there's you know you're being oppressed even as a Christian you you can't you can't be um, possessed by a demon but you could be oppressed and mm-hmm. every single day you're you're getting tempted here you're getting it's like a tug of war match between God and the devil and you're constantly having that happen with you and they don't even tell you about fallen angels they tell you well fallen it. angels are just demons and then it's like okay. The Bible doesn't say that the demons are different than fallen angels and he, and, and angels can come in human form. It says it in Hebrews yes. 13 too. So, and angels, when it, when it was with lot, they were able to grab lot and able to eat with lot, able to drink with lot. It says in Hebrews 13 too, that you never know when you're entertaining an angel. So, you know, Satan can come down in human form and he could be talking to these black nobility, talking to the committee of 300, talking to the, the highest, the highest of, of, of the governments and telling them, this is what I want to do. I'm at the top of the pyramid and you guys are going to listen to what I say. All agendas come through me. And that's what happens. And that's why they say that, that, that Satan is the God of this world. Now, God runs everything, but every single thing that these black nobility are doing is still part of God's plan because God needs revelation to come forth. So the yeah. new world order is going to all be pushing all this stuff forward, setting up the chess pieces, but God is still on top of everything he knows. But the devil is at the top of the pyramid of all these secret societies. And as they know, Lucifer, the light bearer, He's at the top of the Freemasons. He's at the top of the Illuminati. He's at the top of all these different things. And he's got fallen angels that are helping him. And they're, and that's why you see, uh, that's why you see the technology getting stronger and, and more oh, crazy yeah. and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because they're, they're actually assisting. And that's why AI, you know, I don't want to get off subject, but you'll see our artificial intelligence. Demon means intelligence. Okay. If you look at the word in Greek, it's mm-hmm. intelligence. So when you have an AI, it's artificial, a robot with the intelligence of a demon. That's what you have. So artificial intelligence is a demon yes. inhabiting that robot or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So, Or even we, in, the, in the case of like Avatar, 
Yes. An empty biological vessel. They're looking for that. They're looking for people. And we better appreciate every day that we're on this earth, be able to breathe, be able to love, be able to, because these demons, they're not able to do that. And they would love to be in your position. And you're over here committing suicide. They're laughing at you like, what? What an idiot. I would love to be in that body. That's why they're trying to channel in your body every minute. And you're over here not even appreciating what God gave you. Fallen angels, they came down. They left their, uh, Ocatarian it's called. They left their habitation to come down to have sex with human women. We're over here <laughs> being able to breathe, being able to do all that stuff. And we don't even appreciate it. You know what I mean? So it, it gets mm-hmm. interesting. I, I don't want to get off. We're, we're just, yeah. we're, we're coming down to the very end of, of the research that I did. Okay. So, uh, so one, one verse, I'll say it real quick. Jeremiah, it says that the, the heavens can, the heavens above cannot be measured. Then there's foundations of the earth. I thought that was interesting. Also, um, we talked a lot about like going up to heaven, like Enoch, it says he went up to heaven. Mm-hmm. Elijah went up to heaven. Jesus, he ascended. He mm-hmm. said he descended into the earth and then he ascended, which is going up. So he descended, went down, ascended, went up. So heaven is up and hell is down. That's what the Bible says. Okay. So now let's go to second Thessalonians two verse 11. This is the very end of, of the presentation. I know you, you're being very patient with me because it's already like 143 where you're at, I think. So thank 1243. you. 1243. I'm still Okay. In. Yeah. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. You're, you're a soldier. So it's soldier for God. So second Thessalonians two verse 11, it says, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. It's talking about even if the elect could be deceived, they're going to believe the lie. So uh, I think that the delusion the strong delusion could be all of this. It could be the, the, the big bang evolution and the heliocentric model. And, and that's what's separating a lot of people from God. When you go to college, it's separating you from God. Totally. Now the strong delusion is because if you read the Bible, you're going to find out that all that stuff is a delusion. Uh, what's really true is, is the Bible. So um, now let's look at what the, all this stuff connects to the, to the mark of the beast. So, if you look at what the curvature of the model of the earth is, it's every one mile is eight inches squared. Okay. So if you look up, you take eight, you divide it by 12, it comes out to 0.66 of a foot. If you go like uh, one or 10 miles, it comes out to like 66.6 of a foot. If you go a hundred miles, it comes out to 6,666 of a foot. Okay. So uh, it, it, it's interesting. Also uh, 66,600 miles an hour is how fast we're rotating around the sun. So you have 666 there, all right? Now, the Earth's circumference is 600 times 6 times 6 nautical miles. So there's that. Uh, We're at a 23.4 degree axis. If you subtract 90 degrees, it's actually 66.6 degrees. So look at that. Oh, my God. Okay, so, and then Isaac Newton, when he first came up with the theory of gravity, when he first started writing it, it was in 1666. We have that. The force of gravity on earth is 666 Newtons. I don't know what a Newton is, so don't even ask me. I have no clue. I know what a fig (laughs) Newton is, but he says it's 666 Newtons. How interesting is that? The speed of sound is equal to 666 knots. All right. Uh, The diameter of the moon is uh, 2160. If you take six times six times 60, that's the diameter of the moon. The Arctic and Antarctic celestial sphere they said is at 66.6 degree north latitude and 66.6 degree south latitude. That's the uh, Antarctic celestial sphere. 
I don't know what that is. I have to research it more, but it's <laughs> <Right>. interesting though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they say the, the surface temperature of Uranus, not my anus, but Uranus <laughs> is negative six times six times six degrees. Okay. So there's plenty of more of those, but I don't have any more that I've researched, but uh, some of that is Rob Skiba's work, which is, he's really great at this stuff and another gentleman. Okay. This is not me sitting there, my, uh, sitting there writing all these numbers on the board. Okay. So, but I thought it was really interesting. All the sixes that are involved in it. Okay? It's more now, than interesting. It's it really too is. much to be a coincidence. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's, that's everything I had for the presentation. There is one more verse that I always like to go over. Uh, it's in Genesis. I'm trying to find it though. Um, it's basically it's day seven. God says that um, the heavens are finished. Here it is. Genesis one, Genesis two verses one through four. It says, thus the heavens and earth and all the host of them, which is the host is like going to be the moon, sun, and the stars were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day for all his work, which he had done. So he says that the heavens are finished. He didn't say that it's ever expanding. New stars are being formed. There's supernovas, explosions, and all this stuff they're telling us about. He mm-hmm. says that all the hosts of them were finished and the heaven and earth were finished. So um, that's it. That's my whole presentation in a, in a nutshell. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Oh my gosh, that was fantastic. Wow. I hope that resonates with anyone who had doubts before this. Yeah. Look into it. Don't believe me. You know, don't believe her. Just, just look into it, you know, and, and uh, you're going to see that, that the Bible is first of all, super accurate and God was there when the earth was created. So, and it's perfect. Yes, it's perfect. God's word is perfect. Be fixed. No, 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 no. It's beautiful. You know, right. Yes. Do you cover more subjects like this on your own podcast? Yeah, we, I have 103 episodes so far and, and we cover everything from, uh, I covered hollow earth before, uh, flat earth. I cover the Nephilim. I cover, uh, the black nobility committee of 300, uh, secret societies and colleges. Um, mm-hmm. as far as the Bible, you know, we have like once saved, always saved, which people say the gospel, just all these different things. We, we, we try to take a conspiracy, show you how it relates to the Bible, but we'll also have all Bible shows or all conspiracy shows. You know, we kind of mix it up. I always have Bible verses on every show though, at least just, to, just to show you like, you know, that, that it does relate, you know, and it is always, um, a spiritual warfare, you know, between God and the devil and, and all these secret societies are all satanic, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And, you know, I want to thank you also for coming on and sharing your time away from your family to talk to everyone tonight. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And I wanted to know if you could let the listeners know where they can find you, listen to your podcast, your music, everything. Okay. So my music, if you look up Spotify, just look up Josh Monday. Uh, if you go to my YouTube is uh, Josh Monday music and podcast and, uh, my Instagram is Josh Monday underscore podcast. And then if you look up my stuff on Spotify to, to listen to the show, it's Josh Monday Christian and conspiracy podcast on all the different channels. Um, and yeah, you'll see, we got 103 episodes out and we just cover all sorts of different stuff. Yeah. I cover the flat earth a lot, but, um, I don't, I've had, I've had, uh, round tables with 
the best of them, like uh, Dave Weiss, uh, Allegedly Dave, Mark Sargent, all on one roundtable. You'll see that show. That's a pretty interesting one. That's more secular. But then I've had a biblical flat earth roundtable with other with pastors and and other gentlemen. So I'm not into new age whatsoever. I expose it like to the fullest and, and I'm all biblical, but but I don't judge anybody because if they haven't been exposed to it yet, it's not my fault. I, I just ended up, you know, going head first into this and, and uh, digging into the Bible. And, and I believe it 100%. And, and I'm here. If you guys need prayer, you can hit me up and uh, make sure you give a five-star uh, review to, to, to cosmic peach podcast. Cause Thank she's you. just doing a good job and, and it's hard and subscribe and share and do all that stuff. I, I never ask anybody for money. Don't send me money, but just at least share, subscribe, and, and help us to to grow, you know? We're yes. just trying to get people, lead people to the Lord, and that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. Trying to lead you to heaven. Yeah. Above yeah. Above the firmament. It's not that far away. <laughs> no, 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 no. So thank but, you so much for having yeah. me, though. I really appreciate it. When, when anybody uh, has me on, it's, it's a pleasure to come on. And I'll have you on my show to do, um, I'll find out what, what, you know, what you want to do on our show. And we'll I would love you. to talk to you about the Nephilim. I would okay. love to do that and kind of give you my thoughts and feelings on that. And I hope all of my listeners go and check out your amazing work. And thank you again for coming on. Hopefully you can have Gary Wayne on. Um, I've I had so. Gary Wayne, uh, Tim Alberino, uh, Derek Gilbert's going to come on soon. A lot of these guys that are really good with the Nephilim and all that stuff. So I yeah. love the Genesis 6 conspiracy. Yeah, me too. We had a round table on that. I should have had you oh, on Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible work. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to say thank you again. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for listening. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> and we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>